From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. For all the conversation about the superstars in this series and what could be gained for any of them with an NBA championship win, maybe we need to look not just at the court, but also on the sidelines as we realize that there are two coaches involved in this process that will also be talked about very differently depending on what happens over the course of the next two weeks. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And I think we've spent so many days in a row talking about Joe Mazzula, the head coach of the, the Celtics, whether or not he was qualified and ready to take on Eric Spolstra, the head coach of the Miami Heat. And in some ways, in Game 7, we got that answer. Spo absolutely outcoached everybody in that process. Now, all of a sudden, Harry, we've got to have real conversations about the way Eric Spolstra is viewed because certainly he's viewed as a great coach. But when you're talking about your sixth finals appearance as a head coach, now you're talking about not just a great head coach, you are talking about all-time status when it comes to the amount of championships you're in. Are we actually giving Spo as much credit as he deserves? I think we're giving Spo a lot of credit, but I would say this, though, Fitz. You look at a guy in Eric Spolstra who was there – um, in 2006, when the Miami Heat won the NBA championship alongside Dwayne Wade, that was the team that Shaq was on as well. He's been there for a very, very long time. And I think he's had a phenomenal teacher in Pat Riley, a guy who trusts Eric Spolstra to give him the head coaching job uh, back in 2008. So when I look at a guy who has been to seven NBA finals totally, if you count that one in 2006 when he was an assistant, being able to see different things from different eras of guys because Shaq was a different era and Shaq was on that team, even though it wasn't the diesel that we seen when he was playing with the Lakers, right? But Shaq was a different era. Being able to see Dwayne Wade um, and LeBron James and Chris Bosh, that era of guys. And then now with the era of uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, a Max Struess and a lot of these guys that, that are undrafted, being able to see it with this era of guys and do it differently more so than the other few times that they've been there, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, when I you... think it's phenomenal when you look at Eric Sposer and how he made the change and inserting Caleb Martin into the starting lineup and how he, coming out of timeouts, would go to zone, how we, he would – have the ball pressure, picking up full court. It's just a multitude of different things that he's been able to do in these playoffs that highlight why he is someone that so many people are fond of. What's interesting is some of the legacy conversation with Spolster will be around the teams he took. He led a one seed, a two seed, a five seed, and an eight seed to the finals. Think about that. A one seed, uh, a couple of three, two seeds, a five seed, and an eight seed. So think about what all that means. He's the first coach at this point to lead two different bottom four seeds to the finals. So, yes, part of his identity will always be the super team in LeBron, right? We all understand that. But he's also taken two teams that, uh, you know, when you're talking about a five seed in 2020 and an eight seed in 2023, he's now had two improbable runs in a short amount of time that deserve a ton of credit, right? Like, so I think that's part of what you have to look at with Spo is that it's not been – there's no one method. It is 
truly, to use the analogy I use too much, but I said to you last week, I want a coach that opens a basket of ingredients like the TV show Chopped and decides he can make a great dish. Spo is doing that. Sometimes he's got fine ingredients. Sometimes he's got a super team. Sometimes he's got seven undrafted guys in one star ingredient, and he's still getting them there. I think that variety and that capability to sort of swerve is part of what makes his legacy uh, so intriguing. You know what it also tells me? It tells me he's able to adapt. He's able to adapt to the players that, are, that that's on his roster at the moment. And that's tough for a lot of coaches now. That's why everybody can't be great. Everyone is not a good coach or a fantastic coach because a lot of coaches are stuck in their ways and doing things. And yes, you're supposed to have your base principles and your standards or whatnot, but you also have to survey who's on your basketball team and how to get the best out of those guys. And the team in 2023 at this moment right now may have been different than the team in 2020, which may have been different than the team in 2013. So you have to understand as a coach, how can you drive the ship and drive the force to be able to get the best out of all these players that you have on a roster, one through 15 now, not just the top five or the top seven or the top eight, but one through 15, but also trickle down your teachings and things that you want to implement to your assistant coaches so they can deliver your message as well when you are doing other things. And all of this also speaks to Spo's ability to learn because Eric Spolstra certainly has had the advantage of being in the room with Pat Riley. has been well documented now when you take his life as a coach, front office executive, and a player. He's been in 25% of all NBA finals. Like, the Heat have two head coaches. Now, this is what Bam Adebayo, Heat forward, had to say about what makes Spo so special. He was on NBA on ESPN Radio. One, he bring, he always brings a optimistic mindset to the game. You know, every time we step on the floor, you know, he has a positive mindset. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. At the end of the day, we don't win. We're, go- we're going to win tomorrow. Uh, so it's kind of like <clears throat> failure doesn't exist in his eyes. You know, uh, the biggest thing is, okay, you learned a lesson. Tomorrow when you wake up, what you learn from that lesson, you put into the next game. And then it goes from there, and it's a domino effect. So I feel like the biggest thing is, man, he doesn't he doesn't consider losing a failure. Uh, it's a lesson. You know, you learn from that lesson. You move on, and you conquer it. Wow. That, that, that's powerful. And it shows you why the Miami Heat are able to play at the level that they've been able to play at. And I'm going to touch on these really quick. An optimistic mindset to the game. Optimistic. Not pessimistic, optimistic, right? That they can always get it done. Uh, failure does not exist in his eyes. There's lessons in, if you're trying to accomplish something and you don't accomplish it, but there's lessons. We know what that lesson was a year ago. You lost to the Boston Celtics in the game seven, a year to date that you beat them this year. So they learned their lessons from things that transpired a year ago, Fitz. And like he just mentioned, it's a domino effect. It goes from Spo to Udonis Haslam to Jimmy Butler and the rest of the Miami Heat and people in that organization. Well, and I think he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio. I also think as much as we look at Spo, there's also another coach here has the chance to be seen differently through this process in Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, because I think Jokic and, and Malone share something in common. 
They've both been consistently doing a very good job, and nobody's given a damn, right? Like, most people didn't know who Michael Malone was two months ago, right? Like, And he's he's tenured. We've, how many times are we going to say this? Two of the foremost tenured coaches in the entire NBA in this series. But people haven't paid attention to the Nuggets. And, and I'm just throwing that out as fact because we've seen that in our metrics and our ratings. People know that the Nuggets aren't watched the same way. So, Harry, in my mind, while Jokic is, is sort of having this awakening – so is Michael Malone. Like, the, we've loved his confidence. We've also loved his attitude. We've loved his, you know, whatever you want to call it, sourness at times through this process. I, I think the world's getting to know him as well, just like they're getting to know Jokic, and he has the chance to step up and show exactly who he is with whatever the Nuggets version of Nuggets culture is. Well, here's what a lot of people don't understand about Coach Michael Malone. He was with the Cavaliers when LeBron James was there. He was with the Golden State Warriors when Steph Curry was there. So he's been around phenomenal players. He's been around long enough to be able to learn tricks of the trade. But he's also been around long enough to understand that, you know what? Now I have my head coaching opportunity when he got it. Now let me implement things my way. Versus trying to copycat, you know, how other guys have done it. And I think his young, his young team has really, really shown up in tremendous ways. But I love his coaching style. Because, see, what you can't be scared to do is call out your guys when things aren't right. Right? When you set the standards and you and everyone knows what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like, when it doesn't look that way, the head coach is calling out his team. 1 through 15, from Nikola Jokic down. There's, and that, that, I just think that's impressive. I think there's an element of what, my God, I, I say this. There, there are Harryisms in my life that I say all the time, not even my friends. The standard is the standard, right? Like, that's right. The standard is the standard. And you know that with Michael Malone. And even after wins, he's made it very clear, Coach has, that he hasn't been impressed with the team's effort. When they don't play smart basketball, he makes it clear that he's that he hasn't seen smart basketball. He's never been afraid to go after any player, even Jokic, in a press conference afterwards if he didn't think it was good enough. And through this process, he's sort of set an understanding of how to communicate with his guys. And one of the things that I think we're seeing right now from the last two teams is it's not just about the coach. It's not just about the players. It's about their all their entire ability together to communicate and understand each other and get on one page and really have an identity. The two teams remaining have a very clear identity on who they are, how they're coached, and what they're trying to accomplish. That's one of the most interesting things that we'll see tonight because that will go head-to-head. There's also some key players in this series. We're going to tell you just how important their impact or – lack of impact could be to the outcome of this entire thing. We'll do it next. NBA Finals start tonight. We'll keep breaking it down on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the conversation. You know what we're focused on today. Game one of the NBA Finals tonight 
8.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on ABC. You can listen to it on ESPN Radio. So if you're getting in your car, pop it on here. There's no better way to listen to the game than right here with us on ESPN Radio. Make sure you're checking it out, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Harry, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We're going to bring in producer Devin, and we're going to go through an exercise called the ceiling and the floor. I'm not Alrighty. talking about a wild Saturday night in Vegas that involves the floor and ceiling fans. No, <laughs> just telling that's my future. I don't know. What I am talking about is the ceiling of the floor, and basically Devin's going to give us a player, and then we'll figure out what the ceiling for that player is uh, and the team as a result, or the floor. So how much do they need or, or not need from this player to be able to win? Dev, you ready? I'm ready. All right, who are you giving us first? All right, Fitz, let's start with you. Nicole Jokic, the okay. Joker. The ceiling for Jokic is the finals MVP. He cements his legacy as not only the best player in this playoffs, but uh, one of the best players in the NBA. Attention is paid to him wildly differently. He averages a triple-double. By the way, I think all of those things are going to happen. I think he is going to be the series MVP. I think he is going to average a triple-double, and I don't think Miami has any matchup for him. It's the reason I'm so wildly confident that the Denver Nuggets are going to win this series. Every time I've been confident, though, it's gotten a little haywire. But uh, uh -oh. I, I think even the floor, the floor for him is he's dominant in two of the three categories. If he can't score, he's still going to dominate the glass. He's still going to dominate the assists, and they're still going to be able to win the game. Yeah, I think the ceiling for me is a NBA championship along with a uh, NBA Finals MVP. Nikola Jokic has been phenomenal, not just during this playoff run, but during the regular season. And also the last three years, he's been outstanding. Um, I would say the floor for him, to me, would be averaging 21 points, probably seven rebounds, and probably only like five assists. And it's crazy that I'm saying that. That's the floor for somebody. But that's probably the floor for Nikola Jokic. My God. I mean, he could win the MVP even if they lost. He wouldn't, but I get that. All right. Who do you have for us next, Dev? All right, let's move to the other team. The best player on the other team, Jimmy Butler, HD, ceiling and floor. Um, I think the fl uh, the ceiling in this one as well for Jimmy Butler would be a NBA f uh, Finals MVP if they were to win it. Now, do I think they're going to win it? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Let me see how game one goes. But the floor for Jimmy – I think the floor for Jimmy, if the Denver Nuggets are disciplined in their principles, could probably be about, I'll say, 17 points a game. But also not getting the quality shots and, you know, dominating like we've seen him do so many times throughout this playoffs. I think the ceiling for Jimmy Butler is two games that are unbelievable that somehow he single-handedly wills them to a victory, and we're getting a much better series than I expect. That's the ceiling. Like, two <laughs> wins for Miami because Jimmy Butler was Michael Jordan for two nights. The, the, the floor for Jimmy Butler is that we find out that a little bit of what Nick Ferdell said earlier is true, that he's just – he's used most of the gas in his tank – He's going to drive the lane. When he drives the lane, he's going to be a little confused by what he sees or he's not going to find the shot he wants. He's going to get too cute, and he's not going to, He's just not going to be able to take over performances. The floor for Jimmy Butler is still going to be the emotional heartbeat of the heat. I just think the floor for Jimmy Butler is a, is a gutsy effort, and you realize he left it all in the tank, and the heat gets swept. All right, next up, Fitz. This guy was a hero in Game 7 for the Heat to beat the Celtics. Caleb Martin, ceiling and floor. Uh, the ce the ceiling for him is, I mean, this is incredible. 
what we've seen from Caleb Martin throughout the course of the last series, I think he should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. I think it should only be based on that series, and he was the most important person in that series. The ceiling for him is that he becomes the dominant slasher they need that can create the points when they need the points. He can be the bucket getter no matter what he's looking at, and all of a sudden he becomes the difference maker in a couple of wins for Miami. The floor is... Man, I don't think there's a low floor for him. I, I think Caleb Martin has taken a substantial step forward. I'm not sure that his ceiling and floor results in a huge change in the number of wins Miami gets in this series. But I'm telling you, I just I feel like Caleb Martin at this point is going to be seen differently moving forward based on what he's done and who he's now shown as he is. All right, for me, I think the ceiling for Caleb Martin um, could be that the Miami Heat, Eric Spolster and company actually lean on him, lean on him and go to him when they need buckets, especially in crunch time. That's the ceiling for me. That means that he's done a lot of tremendous things. That means he's gained the trust of his coaching staff and also his teammates. That means he isn't scared of the moment. Mm. Now, the floor for me, I think the floor for Caleb Martin would be if his shots stop falling. Now, I think it'd be hard for that to happen. But if they just decide not to go in. All right. What do we got next, Dev? Who do we got next? All right. HD's guy. I know he thinks he needs to have a big, big series. He's got a tall task. Bam out of bio. HD, what do you think? Ceiling and floor. The ceiling for Bam on the defensive end is that Nikola Jokic has some off games and (laughs) he's just not making his shots. Um, But I also think from an offensive standpoint, that Bam has to be very, very aggressive, and he has to be an offensive threat. So the ceiling for him is, you know, averaging 20 points in this series. I think the floor for Bam, and I think we've already seen some terrible games from him, is him being a non-factor and basically taking up space on the basketball court. Yeah, I I love a lot of what you said. We're doing ceiling and floor, by the way. We're taking a look at some of the key players in the NBA Finals, figuring out what their ceiling and floor is in their performance and what it means for the series on Fitz and Harry. For Bam Adebayo, for me, the ceiling is that he is dominant on the boards. Like, this is... This is the best case scenario. He is dominant on the boards, and he's enough of a disruptor that he forces foul trouble, right? For for Jokic, right? You put them maybe. I don't know. Like I, like that's the ceiling for Bam. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I can't. I'm laughing because we're, we're talking about a guy who coming into the playoffs is supposed to be the second best player for the Heat. And we're talking about his damn ceiling is being dominant on the boards. Well, the the floor for him is that he gets pushed around and looks like Gumby again, like all over the place, just kind of, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden everything goes to hell in this After series. After looking is like over a damn yeah. pinball in a pinball machine. Yeah, and right now if I'm betting on the ceiling and the floor on Bam, I'm betting the floor. I'm just like. I'll continue to say it. I'm betting the floor on that. Man, I'm sorry. Federica works on our show behind the scenes. And She's she, not happy right now. She is a saint, by the way. She is very kind and always so just happy when we have our pre-show meetings. And I've had nothing but really positive interactions with her. And I enjoy being her being part of our team every day. And she is a Heat fan that, that right now I can feel the voodoo doll that she's got. <laughs> a little tattered up voodoo doll. And she's like, gah, gah, gah. she's just sticking the little pins at me. I got to come in, Federica. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dev. Who do we have next? All right, next up, Jamal Murray. Fitz, ceiling and floor. You know what? The Jamal Murray conversation is absolutely so complicated and so important. I think we should have it next. Jamal Murray is the floor for Jamal Murray. Still greatness, 
Or is he the actual key to who wins this entire series? We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. But first, Harry's got to tell you this about FanDuel. I'm sorry, Federica. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. In their 47th season in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals. We're not satisfied. I think that's one message that's coming out of our locker room right now. We understand that we're heading to the NBA Finals, and we have four more games to try to win. The Heat become just the second eight seed ever to make the NBA Finals. We know we have more work to do, but damn, is this hard. The longer you're around in this business, you realize the harder and harder it is to do something like this. One of the biggest stars of the NBA postseason, without a doubt, has been Jamal Murray. And as much as we're focused on Jimmy Butler, and as much as we're focused on Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets, there's a real chance Jamal Murray could be the key in who wins the Larry O'Brien. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, think about this. Uh, Harry, when I, I looked at the numbers and our stats and info group put this out there, Jamal Murray is averaging 8.5 more points in the postseason than he did in the regular season. That's the largest difference by any player in NBA history. But the funny thing is Jokic is second on that list, averaging (laughs) 7.1 points per game more. And when you talk about a team that is hot at the right time, Jamal Murray is a huge part of why. And you talk about what he just had, his second career playoff series, averaging 30 on 50, 40, 90 shooting. I mean, the, the efficiency with which he is scoring is something that is absolutely unstoppable right now. Well, when you look at the two, the, the two guys in the duo, Nikola Jokic is the engine, but Jamal Murray is the person that has to drive the car and make sure it doesn't crash. And he's done, done a phenomenal job. So 2022-23 regular season, Jamal Murray averaged 20 points uh, per game, 6.2 assists. In the playoffs, he's averaging 27.7 and 6.1 assists. I'm going to take you back to 2019, 2020. During the regular season, he was averaging 18.5 points per game, 4.8 assists per game in the regular season. In the playoffs, in that bubble, uh, he was averaging 26.5 points per game and 6.6 assists. So that tells me one thing. When the lights come on in this playoff time, this is a guy that isn't afraid of the moment. He doesn't get shy. He gets better. So much to the point during that Lakers series down the stretch in the fourth quarter, some of those games, Nikola Jokic suggested that they go to the two-man game with Jamal Murray and himself. And it was able to be a situation in which helped them gain wins. But when you talk about a guy in Jamal Murray, who a lot of people in Denver question at one point in time, Jamal Murray took his time getting back healthy for his inju- from his injury And I'm pretty sure Michael Malone and everyone else within that organization, along with fans, are so glad that he did and didn't give up on him 100% because he's been phenomenal in this playoff series. Oh, I'll say just playoff run for the Denver Nuggets. Well, one of the interesting things to me, though, is what impact does rest have on this? Not not from a rust. A a rest versus rust, I think – in my mind, anytime you can have the chance to get healthy late in the season as an athlete, you want that chance. So I think we've overblown some of that. But 
one thing that does matter is a little bit of rhythm, right? And so yep. when you talk about the fact that Murray has been shooting so efficiently, and then you talk about, according to Second Spectrum, he's made 95 jumpers this season, uh, this postseason. That's 17 more than anybody else. In their limited number of games, he's made 17 more jump shots than anybody else in the NBA playoffs. Part of that speaks to the fact that he's running hot. There is a little bit of curiosity for me on what he looks like tonight coming in because a nine-day break, it, it, while I don't believe necessarily in rust physically, if you'd had a lot of momentum and you were shooting well, you might have to get a little of that back. I mean, they, they, they were riding hot. And, like, you know, I'm going to be in Vegas on Saturday if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, at the craps table and I'm rolling a heater. I'm not, I'm not walking <laughs> away from that thing. He was forced to walk away from a heater for a few days. It will be interesting to see if he just wakes up and immediately has that tonight. But I'll be honest with you. Jamal Murray is a guy who actually, in my eyes, I thought needed a rest. He's averaging, you know, 39.1 um, minutes per, per game in this, in this playoff run that they're on. But also, remember the game at the, at the end when Jamal Murray had his hands on the knees and LeBron James set up for a three-pointer? Yep. And then you came back and he was dirt dog tired, but he was still able to hit his jump shots or whatnot. I thought he needed the rest, right? So the rest might be good for him. Also, when Jamal Murray shoots 40% and above in the playoffs, guess what the Denver Nuggets are? Undefeated? Undefeated. I mean, it's just – and. and how do you slow it down? And this is the, the hardest part about all of this is the, the effort it takes to slow down Jokic because of his vision on the court is so difficult because you can't slow him down. He's still going to be able to facilitate. And then all guys like Murray have to do are make their shots. Now, you mentioned earlier crunch time. He was on NBA on ESPN Radio. This is what Jamal Murray said about being so comfortable. Why he's so comfortable in the crunch I don't know. I don't know uh, who doesn't want that shot. You know, I grew up watching basketball, loving the game and wanting to make those shots and take those shots, miss or make. You know, I want to test my ability and put it to the test, like I said. So, no, I just love that moment. I love being the one to step up and, and my teammates trust me a lot of time to make the shot. So I've been doing it all my life. You know, Harry, what's amazing to me about that is think about the way this team is built and this offense is built. And think about the fact that Jamal Murray is the second guy in every possible way. Nikola Jokic is the heart and soul of this team. But Murray still has the opportunity because of the way they run their offense to be every bit, you know, we, we talked about Batman and Batman for the Celtics, how you need to have that instead of Batman and Robin. He still gets all the Batman moments you could ever want, even though Batman is very clearly defined as Jokic. It's, it's an interesting moment where he can still, he can be the second guy, but still be fed like he's a superstar. You know what I just thought about though just now? And I'm sorry to derail and take it to this, to this area. I'm up here thinking about all the Kentucky Wildcat players that are in the NBA and saying to myself, did Kyle, John Calipari do what he was supposed to do with all these guys? Because we have so many of them that are, you know, key contributors and key people on their basketball team. And they're just filling it up with whether it's the playoffs or the regular season. So I'm kind of questioning John Calipari right now. I mean, look, he just <laughs> I really he, am. He had the golden touch. We'll say it that way. I mean, or the golden bag. I, I you know, I, I mean, well, I, you would think it would be more national championships that would have came out of having all these guys at the University of Kentucky. I mean, there there is <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Like, I think that's been part of the conversation. But a little bit like Jimbo Fisher in college football. Look at how many times Jimbo, you know, has a top recruiting class, but doesn't actually result. In a bunch of wins, like uh, the NBA recruiting process is as simple as I can get you or the college basketball is I can get you in the NBA. 
Uh, that's obviously worked. A bunch of these guys are, are in the NBA. <laughs> we'll see what Jamal Murray can do. Again, Jokic, Jamal, and Jimmy Butler, this is amazing, are all averaging 25 points a game, five rebounds a game, and five assists a game entering the finals. It's the first finals to feature three players averaging 25 and five, 25, five and five entering the series. Only the fourth to feature even two guys that are doing it. You think about the individual greatness we have seen to get us to where we are. That's why everybody is constantly looking at Jamal, at Jokic, and Butler because as much as the other guys will matter, those three and the way they're playing are the reason that their teams are where they are. Coming up, everybody loves money. We're going to line your pockets next, or at least try to. We're going to figure out some best bets for tonight. Coming up, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. to build your balance. Give me the money. This is Fitz Picks. Give me the money. We've been on a bit of a roll lately. We're going to see if we can keep it going. It's Fitz Picks. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're going to start doing something new with Fitzpix. All right, Harry? I'm going to put a little bit of my cash on the line. So what we're going to do with Fitzpix is instead of just giving some good picks, we're going to build some parlays. I'm going to play them. Uh, like, at the end of the parlay, we'll see how confident we are, and then that'll decide how much I play. And then let's see if uh, we can make a little money. And you know what? Maybe the winnings will go towards uh, I mean, you're rich. I mean. You should be able to bet. Like, well, you know, it, it, I'm not. I don't have a <laughs> Shea Douglas. I don't have an estate. And, like, I, you know, I don't have a moving uh, what moving walkway that gets me from the west wing whenever to the left someone wing. asks if they can do something at your house because your yard is big and you have the space at your house you're living well my man okay that is fair i do have a pretty good fence annabelle is very very lucky she's very spoiled okay so what we're going to do is we're going to figure out before we build them let's just go through a couple of these that are out there for nba finals props uh, one is a, a, any, a sweep. Like, right now, a sweep, this series ending in four games, is plus 440. I, I, I mean, that's a lot of return. And I think – I'm sorry, Federica. I think the Nuggets could just wipe them, uh, like, off the floor. I kind of like the sweep. I, I think the sweep plus 440, that's, that's some pretty good money, Harry. I mean, uh, so, plus so – what, what, what would you put on something like that? I mean, it, it, you put a hundred bucks on it if you're feeling really froggy. I mean, a hundred will win you how much? Uh, it would win you four hundred and forty. Uh, yeah, you, you you bet you bet a hundred, you'd make four hundred and forty dollars in profit. I'm not I'm not the math guy. Okay, no, no. Well, it, it's I mean, here's the thing with these with these props, you got to hit it exactly. So if mm. I say a four game, that's plus four forty. If I do a five game, that's plus two twenty, for example. So mm. a lot of people seem to like five games. Six games is plus two forty. And then seven games plus two thirty-five. So you know it, it is funny. Like the fewest number of bet, uh, fewest amount of action right now is coming in on a four-game sweep. And I kind of like a four. I, you know what? Before we even build the parlay, I'm putting money on the four-game sweep. There Love we go. It. All right, I'm walking myself right into a corner here. MVP finals, um, uh, finals MVP, I should say. Uh, Jokic is by far the fa- favorite, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, he's at minus 360. So that, that bet is not worth it. It, it. I mean, in my mind, it's not worth the risk at minus 360 to see anything. But Jimmy Butler is at plus 330. Jamal Murray's at plus 800. I just don't think Jamal Murray's a plus what? Plus 800. Spend oh, 100 bucks on that. Oh, 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 I would take that. Okay, you know what? 
You've talked yeah. me into it. I'll dabble. You know what? I might just put twenty five bucks on that. That's a little bit. You know, that's that's a little rich for my blood. You know, plus eight hundred. But I I feel like this is good. Okay, so we got a couple of them. But how about this? As we're going through some bets for tonight's NBA Finals uh, tip off, uh, eight thirty p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN Radio. Uh, I'm going to put together a parlay, and this is what we're going to start doing on on Fridays when we do these Fitz picks before big weekends in the fall. Put together a parlay, I'll play it. So we'll start with points, okay? Uh, Jamal Murray over under 25 and a half. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty spot-on number. But Jokic is over and under is 27 and a half. I can see Jokic Go going. Uh, you think under? Yeah, I, I would go to under because I think the supporting cast. I think with Aaron Gordon being on the court, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami tried to, you know, send double teams at Nikola Jokic and force uh, Aaron Gordon to be a jump shooter. Okay. Okay. So Jokic under. What about Jimmy Butler over under 27 and a half points? So he has to hit 20, 28 for me to win any money on that if I go the over. 28. Mm. I mean, we, we can stay away from it for a second. We can stay away from it. Cause I'll go under for that one, too. You go under. You're going under. You think this is going to be a low scoring game? No, I don't. I just okay. think. You you have people in the court like Caleb Martin. I think I think Max Struess may show up a little bit more in this series because you don't have that tough stifling defense that the Boston Celtics were were giving him in a few of those games. Also, I believe in Gabe Vincent. I believe the supporting cast for the Miami Heat has showed us that they're able and capable of getting things done. We've seen it, you know, multiple times when the Miami Heat, when the Boston Celtics had their back against the wall. And Bam didn't necessarily show up. And Jimmy Butler didn't necessarily show up in the manner that we expected him to. The supporting cast did. All right, so what about rebounds? Jokic over under 13.5. 13.5 is a high number, but I can't imagine Jokic won't hit that against what I think is No, I'll bet that. Yeah, so I'm liking this Jokic over. So uh, right now what we've created is a parlay that's Jokic under points, Jimmy under points, and Jokic over rebounds. Devin, your level of confidence. I'm just going to ask Devin to chime in here. Your answer is one, five, or ten. Those are your only answers. I'm either putting a buck on this parlay the way we built it, five or ten. How confident are you on this parlay of Jokic under, Jimmy under, and then Jokic over for rebounds? You're asking the wrong guy. I'm going ten. 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 <laughs> yes, All right. Sir. He's yes, sir. All right. I go like big the, or go home, baby. You are Plus, spending, it's not my money. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, you are spending my money. Uh, Javante, do you agree with the wild confidence in this parlay? Uh, I'm a little, little, little uh, not as confident as you guys are, but I will tell you guys. I, I won't put a lot, not telling how much I'll put, but I will tell you guys. You, 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 so you yeah, following. Okay. Not confident, but you know, you I'm not confident in my base okay. either. So you know, anything is possible. Okay. I got so you. Yeah, okay. Confident enough to follow it. So, 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 so what's, what's your about bet? Like a, He's not going to tell us how much. All right, all right, all right. That's fine. I, I respect that. All right, I'm going to play it. I'll play it at ten bucks. We're going to start this. We'll do a parlay for every game in the NBA Finals that we're on air for. We'll figure out a way to do it. I'll do ten bucks. This is Jokic under the points, Jimmy under the points, and Jokic over on rebounds. I'm going to do that as my parlay, and we'll see where it goes. Can and you then, read out the? Uh, People are interested in how much that would make us. Um, well, I, 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 no, I, I can. Hold on one moment. I love how we're saying that. So, us. somebody, go ahead and just stall for a second while I build this. Well, okay, we'll so Charles in D.C., he, he put together a four-leg parlay plus a 1,000, and he said we're eating tonight. So, Charles oh. in D.C. is confident. Charles, well, what's, what's the parlay that he has? 
I don't know that. I need to figure that out. I mean, that's oh, okay. All right. So, I mean, and here's the thing. I think we could use all of this. I'm trying to build it now, but you guys just keep stalling while I build it. I think we could use all of this to come into some sort of like, you know, maybe we take the team out for, for a little dinner or something. Listen, that Jamal Murray to win the NBA Finals plus 800 just sounds so good to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm also putting money on that. There's no doubt about that. Like, throw about $300 on it? Well, I mean, $300 is a little aggressive. I mean, I don't have NBA money out there. I don't have – look, <laughs> I'm trying to build this while I'm talking. I'll build it, and then when we when we come back, you'll know exactly what's on the line for, for me. I say for the show. Like, I love this. I'm taking all the risk on Devin's just sitting back with the sheepish grin, knowing either way, if I win, he gets fed, and if I lose, he just has to listen to me complain about it. That's the, the uh, biggest reality. I will build – it and uh, and then we'll let everybody know what's actually on, uh, on stake and we're going to do this throughout the course with these fits picks we're going to start putting a little skin in the game let you guys uh, participate with us tell us how uh, how we're doing the question coming up is how important is it for the heat to win game one there's not always an easy answer to that but we are going to figure it out next plus special guest is going to take over for a little bit it's fits and harry on espn radio and of course hanging out with you on the espn app fits and harry the podcast <laughs> 